This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Hannah Nelson, and I am an assistant editor of EHR Intelligence. As the digital health transformation continues, healthcare organizations are looking to health IT systems that support data sharing across the care continuum to enhance patient outcomes. Christian Federick, Medical Director of Interoperability and Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, is joining us today to discuss how UPMC is approaching interoperability and how health IT standards and cloud computing can help push the needle forward on data sharing efforts. Dr. Federick, thank you so much for joining us today. Hannah, it's a pleasure to be here. So I would love to start off. Could you describe UPMC's current interoperability strategy? At UPMC, we believe we are well positioned given our 18 years of experience and expertise in establishing interoperability, both internally, that sometimes we refer to as intraoperability, that means within our best of breed electronic health record applications among our uh, 40 some hospitals and 700 and or more ambulatory sites. But we are also well positioned externally, meaning connecting to eHealth Exchange, connecting uh, regionally to the state patient provider network to P3N, um, as well as to other providers across the nation. We have also been founding members of the Western Pennsylvania's Health Information Exchange, also known as Clinical Connect HIE. Uh, we do leverage a well-proven platform of interoperability named DB Motion, uh, and this had been crucial for our semantic interoperability. Uh, and we have been we have been leveraging and ramping up our experience in fire standards. And so I'm really glad that we'll be talking about that as well. Great. Yes. Yeah. So what kind of technical lift is required to understand and implement existing and emerging health IT standards, in particular fire? It's not a trivial lift. Given the customized nature of each electronic health record at least in our own environment for UPMC, and also given the variation of the implementations of FHIR and external care providers, we believe that implementation of FHIR will be a heavy lift, especially when we're thinking about arriving to functioning, well-functioning, well-oiled interfaces. We do believe that it is a worthwhile exercise and that all healthcare will have to participate in order to further advance and achieve the next goal of interoperability. As for information blocking rules, it has been a challenge for individual providers and there have been nuances for each healthcare system. But as I had mentioned earlier, we have had uh, almost two decades of experience of interoperability at UPMC. And so we feel we are well positioned in this arena. What I want to just say regarding FHIR is that if you think of it, in essence, FHIR is uh, a simple concept. Uh, it is a transport layer. And basically, the key concepts in FHIR are modular and they have an interconnecting structure, which I think is all fine and well. However, 
what happens is, is that uh, there are often what we call guidelines and not so much standards that are set. So when you look, for example, at fire resources, for example, let's take person as, as a resource. There are 10 to 50 properties for each uh, resource. And so the challenge becomes when each electronic health record vendor picks only some of those attributes or properties for a resource as the ones that are required. And maybe the other 40 are going to be optional. If we are to achieve better interoperability, we really will need to agree upon the required properties or attributes of a resource so that when those properties are missing, then we could establish a better way to exchange information. Yeah. So what are the benefits of increased information sharing within UPMC and externally with neighboring health systems and providers? We have seen many of them, especially we wanted to sort of think about intraoperability within UPMC, within our hospitals and ambulatory sites, and of course, externally that we would call interoperability in its true sense. Our goal has always been to create one unified, connected, longitudinal patient record that is viewable across the organization. And it wouldn't really matter of where the information had necessarily originated, but for our clinical partners who are in the trenches, when they open the chart, they would see the information for the patient as if it was originating from one electronic health record system. Uh, as I had mentioned, we have been using uh, Motion as our uh, overall proven platform for aggregating information across our multiple electronic health record systems. And so we think about the benefits of interoperability as providing a more robust, more complete view of the patient information at a point of care so that the providers are able to make more or better informed clinical decisions and improve outcomes. To that effect, we have seen evidence that when the providers have that complete view and information, that also enables avoidance of unnecessary duplication of tests or treatments, better communication, and overall, as we think about the electronic health record systems as being perhaps a source of burnout for many of our clinical partners, then the fact that you're able to quickly find information at your fingertips and are not subject to uh, making phone calls and requiring uh, medical records to fax information back and forth, but in fact, you're able to use that information in your native workflow, that that's, I think, is a huge benefit as well. And so I think that leads to a perhaps a, a better satisfaction among providers too. We I think we believe that that other benefits of interoperability is just to just to be a better neighbor and better healthcare partner in the community too. And of course, as we think of our uh, Cures Act and information blocking and patients now having more access to their notes, test results, then I think that this is just yet another example 
of how beneficial interoperability has become and that we are able to share that information with the patients and have them become better stewards of their own care. Amazing. Great. So how has cloud-based health IT influenced UPMC's interoperability work? So cloud-based health IT, the standards provide the what. However, they don't necessarily define of how to do it. We do see cloud-based healthcare as a differentiator, but we also would call upon other electronic health record vendors or the electronic health record vendors to undertake modernization of their platforms so they could leverage the opportunities that cloud technologies provide. We have begun the process at UPMC to migrate, especially our development and test environment to the cloud. Uh, We have some of them in Microsoft Azure, and we do look to possibilities of being able to scale, both scale up and scale down, as well as what we're looking for is to enable secure and accessible environments. I did mention DB Motion earlier as well. Part of that is also cloud-based for us. Another example of cloud-based health IT is our cooperation and close collaboration with Cerner and their resonance cloud to which we have been contributing and that enables us to also then participate in the nationwide health information exchange Commonwealth. And then after that, the network of networks carry quality. So on one end, we are moving some of our development environments into the cloud, leveraging the possibilities that otherwise would not be necessarily available to us on premises or sort of client hosted environments. And on the other hand, I think the cloud-based health IT had really enabled us to better connect to the nationwide health information exchanges. So are cloud-based health IT systems better equipped to work with APIs and health IT standards due to their cloud native status? It's an interesting question that you ask there. I don't think that we as UPMC have enough experience with that yet. We certainly have completed our work that was required for the stage three meaningful use, now known as promoting interoperability, to be able to offer connection to our systems through an application programming interface or API. That was required work, and I think that will also increase interoperability when Perhaps we are allowing or seeing a vision when patients are able to download their healthcare data to an application of their choice. I think that consumer API requirement that was in the Meaningful Use Stage 3 requirements has been a step in the right direction. So that's the what part I was perhaps referring to earlier, the how to do it and what is the best way to connect and make those connections. I think that's what still needs to be worked out. What are some challenges of implementing cloud-based health IT? Certainly the security part is going to be that many healthcare providers are going to be asking about. And at the same time, it is also that work together with the vendors. did mention Azure in the past, and we also work with 
Cerner and their resonance cloud service. We do work with AWS. And so each vendor may have a different approach to how they collaborate with a healthcare system. I think that working out those nuances and what's important for a given organization is a must. And so it is essential to make sure that the security and the other governance around data management is uh, acceptable to, to both parties, especially if they're making that move perhaps from on-premises hosted applications and then moving it to the cloud. Another question I have is, you've mentioned intraoperability a couple of times, and I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit more on that. What would you say are some of the key strategies for intraoperability? When we had gone live with GB Motion as our data aggregator at UPMC in February of 2008, we had uh, about 78 different data sources and more than 130 interfaces. We referred to interoperability and we used the word intraoperability within a healthcare system like ours that had over the years accumulated a rather large collection of uh, electronic health records or electronic health record applications, whether they are front-facing to the user or perhaps they are on the back end, like laboratory information systems, radiology information systems, perhaps registration systems. And so when we think of interoperability, we think of that semantic exchange, data exchange, so that given code values coming from a given laboratory are able to match up when they are filed for the, our clinical partners in their front-facing electronic health record application. At the same time, similarly, as because it's a closed loop, and so then that, that provider is, is placing an order for a laboratory study or for other type of test it is essential to make sure that the receiving system is also able to process that, that test and the mappings are correctly done. And so we had been working on those mappings and maintaining them, as I would imagine many other large healthcare systems would. What we had also done over the years is had been working on robust HO7 connections between our ambulatory electronic health record, which happens to be on, on Epic, and our hospital-based electronic health record, which is on Cerner. By some measures or by some reports, we have been named or, I don't want to say, say the term labeled, but also have been called as perhaps the most HO7 connected organization. Just the sheer number of connections that we had developed over the years between the, the two environments, the ambulatory side and also the inpatient side. Now, these HO7 connections are what I would refer to also as interoperability. And it was crucial for us because, unlike a health system that had implemented an all in one solution where the inpatient and the ambulatory record are all on one electronic health record application, our providers are able to quickly see the instance of the ambulatory appointments and ambulatory visits, and at the same time have the inpatient visits open 
and this differentiation is powerful in our opinion because it is leveraging best of breed applications for for both. Now, don't don't misunderstand me. I think over the years, both our both ambulatory electronic health record vendor and the inpatient electronic health record vendor had come a very long way, and they're they're quite comparable. At the same time, it it does allow us to fulfill some unique workflows, especially for our hospital-based practitioners and the ambulatory-based colleagues as well. All right, great. So kind of looking towards the future, what is the next step in the industry's push for nationwide interoperability? If I had our wish, then a national identifier. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's going to happen. However, seriously, what I would like to maybe say is that there are better ways to find algorithms in which we can improve our patient matching. It has come a long way. So patient matching is something which is important to us. I know it's important for many others. And those algorithms are getting better by the day. And so I think that our next steps are going to be to refine those. We are working very strongly to improve data exchanges and find ways how we can fulfill the Cures Act mandate for next year, October 6th, when we are to release all electronic health information to the patient portal. I think what's also going to be important is to manage and prioritize the volume of data that's being exchanged. Uh, Having worked a little bit with uh, some of the uh, teams at at Carry Quality, I think that deduplication of those records and notification or knowing which document is the most up-to-date document, especially when it's sent now electronically, from another health system, knowing that perhaps there is a newer version that may have been changed from the previous query. I think it's going to be important as well. And we also should not forget that now that we have been moving to the age of interoperability, whereas previously we were perhaps in the age of adoption of electronic health records, now in the age of interoperability, we should also keep in mind the large or vast number of data and information that's coming at all the clinical end users. And that can be actually quite overwhelming. Everyone will probably get used to their electronic health record one way or another, and they're able to find the information in it fairly conveniently. And I think some electronic health record vendors are better than others to leverage powerful search technologies within the application itself. And I think if that search functionality is able to fulfill the fact that that search works across not just internal information to the healthcare system, but also able to uh, find information on the health information exchanges and then bring it in a, a visually appealing way, it will be a beneficial step for our clinical partners. And for that way, I also would want to say that data should be meaningful. So not only we're looking for a way to quickly find information, 
that may have originated from other healthcare systems, but also looking for data that, that's meaningful. In the old, I'm not trying to say old times, but at the same time, a few years ago, when we were perhaps faxing even more, then very frequently you would get a large stack of printouts and very often two or three pages were the only ones that you as a clinician would need to take care of the patient. Now in interoperability, we are often faced with the same dilemma that we get large files of continuity of care documents and our clinical partners have a big challenge of how do you navigate these files? And so I think that the call to our electronic health record vendors would be to, to find ways, how do you either search within the CCD or how do you present it in a way that is meaningful for the clinical end user? Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Federick. It was awesome to talk to you and I really appreciate you taking your time today. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.